never leave before New Year's Eve. Have a holly jolly Christmas. XOXO. Gossip Girl. Brie, do you feel loose as a goose? I do. I feel loose as a goose. <laughs> Whose name is Bruce. Anyway. <laughs> I could go on and on. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know how I could keep going like Dr. Seuss all night. Just sip my coffee one more time. Yeah. Once more. I know. I got my ASMR. Exactly. Go for it. What does that cup say? It says Easy Tiger. It's from oh. in Austin, I guess. I don't okay. know. It's my boyfriend's. Um, what do you think about peppermint mocha? I love peppermint mochas. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't? Full stop. <laughs> Period. Like, who? <laughs> you have, like, the presidential music behind you and be like, <laughs> Brie supports peppermint mochas. I do. So, see, like, I only partake in the peppermint mocha around this time. Mm-hmm. Like, that chestnut praline stuff. I don't. Who is she? Hmm. I mean, I'm sure it's good, but I've just never tried it. Or, like, a gingerbread mm-hmm. latte. I've never. You've never had it? I've never had it. I've never stepped outside the peppermint mocha sphere. Okay, but the gingerbread is so good. It's good? Yeah. See, but, okay, it took me till last year to like the iced peppermint mocha to even order it you're right those are big steps it's big steps i'm proud of you well it's like um did we talk about it during our you've got mail episode brie where um where i was like or was it just real life where i was like i only want to order starbucks or like coffee drinks that were around in yes 2001 like i don't want you know the TikTokification of my coffee. Same. Get out of here. Also, if TikTok never did all that crazy stuff, we wouldn't have like those like like the ingredient list on the stickers. Like it wouldn't go down like five hundred lines. You know what I'm saying? Like it would just be like that, like cappuccino with skim milk or whatever that whatever Tom oh, Hanks says. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if Joe Fox was a real dude now, how pissed off he would be about his his beloved Starbucks. He would not be wrong either. Now, now if they did You've Got Mail, they would be like, it would be so weird because Joe Fox would have a monologue about how simple and how defining it was in the good old days when you could be like, calf, non-fat, decaf <laughs> latte as your personality. And he'd be like waxing poetically about it in a good way. And his business, his Barnes & Noble-esque shop would be suffering and people would be pitchforking like they were for the little shop around the corner. Mm-hmm. But for Fox Books. Exactly. Anyways, and then Tom Hanks would have gotten fired for sexual harassment and for being <laughs> a racist because Dave Chappelle would have turned on him. Anyways. Wow. <laughs> Let's imagine that movie for a second. Well, we're not talking about that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. We should introduce ourselves. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Same. <laughs> but... I'm Nikki Jensen. I'm Brie Picconi. And we're Late Late to to the the Party. party. Two best friends who are still mentally in 2002. Or right now, I guess, still mentally in 1998. Okay. There's so many times, Nick, and I know I've said this before, but recently it's happened where like, like at my work, I do like the deposits sometimes at night. And I, it's so close to writing 2002. Many a times I have to stop myself or like scratch it out because like 2022, like there's a lot of twos. And since we're mentally in 2002, I like... Almost literally take myself there. Do you remember, like, I remember being in grade school 
And the going from the year 1999 to 2000, mm-hmm. I remember it being such like a learning curve for me <laughs> because I was like, oh my gosh. So for now on, we're just going to write zeros and all the zeros with no like concept that now we'd be, there's only one zero again. Yeah. Like you thought about that? I I know I thought about like I was like oh we're just gonna write so many zeros forever, like after two thousand nine didn't exist. Wow. I was just like wow this is the future zeros. Huh? I you're like the zero 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 zero. Yes. Wow. No, I never thought of like I I did think about it at a certain point. I think once we did get to like twenty ten, then I'm like oh wow all the other the singular digits are gone. We've moved on. Can I be honest? Yeah. The only thing I thought about when 2009 going into 2010 was that Cher did not put out a hit single. That Mm. was like, it broke my heart when the clock struck during 2010. Yeah. My heart broke. And then later that year, she put out Burlesque. So, you know, she put it out. It wasn't anyone else. (laughs) Yeah, it was just her. Cher wrote and directed Burlesque. (laughs) Yeah. Wagon Wheel Watusi. You know? (laughs) Amen. I'm so sorry I'm on all these tangents. It's okay. Cher's on the brain. Um, uh, she really is. Her mom died. That's so sad. She's 96. <gasps> oh, man. Is that why mom made a tribute page, basically? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Our mom's a big Cher fan. Yeah. But who isn't, though? I mean, Cher's great. She really is. I didn't she- know that, though, about Cher's mom. I know she posted about her recently being sick. She's 96. Oh. Wow. That's awesome, though. Yeah. Go ahead, Cher's mom. Yeah. Anything else before we just jump in? Because today we are discussing the 2001 rom-com Serendipity, starring John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, who I like to call Beckinsdale, but Nikki's told me that there is no D in there, so my mistake. I might still be making it, but (laughs) I'm like doing nothing to make it better. So like just a PSA. Again, with the uh, political music yeah. that if Brie, uh, like PSA, if throughout this podcast, Brie keeps saying Beckinsdale, Beckinsdale, not Beckinsdale. Not stale. No, don't put a T in there. She's not stale. She is not. She still looks flawless. Yes. But anyways, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Before we get into that, what else? You got you and I both went to the movies. Oh yeah, at we the did. same we ran into each other at the movies. I know. Which I felt like was like a potential Seinfeld situation. <laughs> it felt very Seinfeldian. I don't yes. know why. But it's because you invited me. <laughs> and I was like, no. And then <laughs> I have plans. Yeah. And then we ran into each other. What were you going to see at the movies? Um, so um Violent Night. Sorry, I had to think about what it was called. <laughs> yeah, I went to see Violent Night. My boyfriend and I went because we lo- we love David Harbour, and uh, I don't know. It was our last chance to see it. You love David Harbour? Yeah, I think he's cool. I don't know. He, he plays one of my favorite characters on Stranger Things. Hooper? <laughs> Hopper? Yeah. Why do I want to call him Hooper? Hooper? <laughs> <laughs> he's shooting hoops, too. Like behind, He does, like, the one you throw behind your back. It was like... Whew. I do really enjoy David Harbour in Stranger Things. I just enjoy Stranger Things, though. Same. It's a good show. I haven't seen him in anything else. I've seen him in a... He was in that... Um, I think it was Scarlet Witch. No. 
No, what's the other one? It was a Marvel movie. Black Widow, maybe? But you say you're a big David Harbour fan. <laughs> no, but I'm not like, you know, Marvel, I get confused by all the different superheroes. But I think it's Scarlet Joe, which is Black Widow. I think he was in that movie. Didn't see that. Yeah. You saw Black Widow? A long time. Yeah, years ago. Huh. <laughs> see, I cannot relate. I went to see The Menu. Yeah, with tell Ray me about Fiennes. that. Uh, it was really great. I I love how this is like our two sides of our personality. <laughs> I do want to hear about Violent Night. It looks really fun. It looks very like diehard. Yeah. But yeah, The Menu, Ray Fiennes is always so good. I love him. And his brother, Joseph Fiennes. Oh, yeah, the Fine bros. I want to say R.I.P., but he's still alive. But just, like, never forget Shakespeare and love. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know why. I feel like I have to defend <laughs> Joseph Fiennes. But it was a movie with Ray Fiennes. Yeah. And it was really good. Anya Taylor-Joy. Oh, yeah. And she's, like, her. playing, like, a normal gal. But the movie says a lot. I think it's an allegory for art. Mm. And doing things you're passionate about. And it's definitely something like I want to take with this podcast and going into the new year. It's like, you know, we've kind of, we've grown a lot in this past year. And I know it's kind of like wrapping up. And this movie really made me think about like to the party in a weird way and about what I wanted to create and put out there. And one of the things is this podcast. And I love when we talk about things that make us the weirdest that we are, like in, you know, our mission statement and Less of a critique mm -hmm. and just like just using other works and not really having any thoughts or creativity of our own. That's kind of what the menu is talking about, I think. Huh. But I, I definitely am like, oh, in the new year, like, and we talk about it a lot, like off mic, but do watching movies and discussing movies and, and moments that bring us a lot of joy that we're passionate about, that mm. we love and sharing that with an audience yes and sharing that with each other mm -hmm. but yeah i just think it's an allegory for your art and it's funny that you saw silent night and we're talking about marvel because i think it is a lot of like the like they're talking about maybe i'm wrong but i think it is that allegory and like the marvelification mm -hmm. of cinema of art how everything like right now has to be so like there's nothing new there's nothing original and it's like it's a lot about class in this film i really enjoyed mm. it that sounds so interesting and you know just that made me think like you said there's nothing new you know that there's another avatar movie coming out this weekend i know I ben wants to see it and wants to invite you i'm just letting you know <sighs> i'm just like why like what is this i don't know james cameron okay <laughs> I watched Avatar finally. Uh-huh. I liked it all right. It reminded me of Pocahontas. Yes. I'm not going to lie. Same. There's like a, a tree that sings the colors of the wind in it or something, too, if I remember correct. They're like lizard cat people who sing colors of the wind. Yeah. But at least it's coming from James Cameron's noodle, like his mind. Okay. And he's made like six of them or whatever. And he's like, I can't finish them all because I'm going to die because I'm getting old. It's a little weird. He has six of them? Or like five or yeah. He has a lot of like avatars that he has written. He's like finding directors for. Uh, 
it's a little wild. And while I'm not the biggest Avatar fan, I do respect him coming up with a new idea and a new thing. Yeah. But it's not going to be a new thing after this one because it's going to be like a second and a third and a fourth. But anyways, about Avatar. I understand what you mean, though. Yeah. That was my only defense for it. That's all. That's all I got. <laughs> no, it's fair enough. I guess I'm just like, why now? Like, it's so random. It's such like a blip. In t- like, when you look back, I remember there's so much hype around it, but then it, it kind of like, it wasn't like, like Shrek. Like, it wasn't a cultural phenomenon. It was for like two seconds, but it didn't like, maybe because it didn't have, like, I just feel like it's really late for a sequel, you know? It's late to the party? Very late to the party. I don't know. It's been like 10 years, right? Almost? Maybe not Over. quite. Oh. 2009 like 13? Oh, wow. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. I don't know. I agree. Strange I mean, timing. Well, also to your point, in a way, Avatar changed cinema. Did it change it for the worse, though? Like, remember after- <laughs> Too much CGI? Yes. And and remember after Avatar, ev- remember the 2010s trend of everything having to be in 3D? Yeah. Bad. Bad time for movie. Well, if we've learned anything from technology, from CGI, from even Beauty and the Beast, sometimes the, you know, like how the hand-drawn version was better and then they tried to use the computer program for the Beast and it was scary? Yeah, that's not what I think is wrong with that film, but <laughs> all right. I mean, I know what you mean. But, you know, like, maybe sometimes technology just goes too far. Like, yeah, like, I don't know, the marvel of it all, just, like, over the top. I don't know. Or, like, uh, oh, yeah, like, remember Henry Cavill, how they spent all that money in, like, was it Justice League to take off his mustache? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, technology's great, and it's wild. I don't know. But what about when they de-aged... Robert De Niro and Al Pacino for The Irishman. See, that disturbs me. Like, I guess on one hand, it's it's useful, but, like, why not just cast a younger actor? Or no, because we already have seen... I don't know. It's just, like, strange. I don't know how to feel about it. I have, like, weird mixed feelings. What do you think? I do, too. I mean, I think if it's used for an artistic purpose, I feel like at this point, like, Marvel, they're not creating are they're not using technology for something like they're not putting out their new ideas it, it really is just to make money you can't tell me otherwise mm-hmm. sue me i love how i'm like i we should talk about things we're passionate about and i'm like <laughs> nah how about i'm a critic okay i, I know nothing I, from the menu Nikki, you literally were just like i don't want to be a critic like in this new year Let's, you know, just talk about things we enjoy that we both just turn into like Siskel and Ebert. I know. I'm totally. I'm like one am star. I Ebert or are you Siskel? Or am I Siskel? I don't know. We gotta think about it. We gotta think about it. But we're not critics. We no. just enjoy things and we enjoy bad things. We just have opinions. Yeah. <laughs> but like, okay. I think Marvel's avatar kind of what you're talking we're both talking about is something that is more like going to disneyland going on facebook nfts like this kind of world where it isn't about the artist you get it's so far beyond that it's just capitalist like stuff for 
the chugs to eat and poop out, you know? Yeah. Until they die. Mm-hmm. It's like junk food. Yeah. Not to be gross. I'm sorry for being vulgar. <laughs> but like, it is like just junk food, but not even tasty junk food. It's like, we don't even want it. We don't even ask for it. We just, you know, it's like the pigs and spirited away. Like when the parents turn into the pigs, uh-huh. they're just eating it and eating it and eating it. Uh-huh. You know? Like mindless. Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. Totally. So I think in the new year, you know, I just want to talk about stuff that maybe is good, maybe is bad, maybe I think is good. We're probably going to talk about Master of Disguise. <laughs> yeah. I know we're going to talk about Showgirls. We'll probably have some unpopular opinions. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we're going to see Showgirls and be like, Versace, and just like, love it so much. Mm-hmm. It's not good, but it is good. They're trying something. As long as you're trying something. Yeah. Or I think nostalgic junk food. I don't know. Just. It is a different lens, you know? Something's weird. Something is weird about a lot of things put out right now. Mm-hmm. That I can't put my finger on. Yeah. I think that's what I also was trying to say about it. I it's just, I don't know. It's weird. It rubs me the wrong way a little. I don't know what it is. Like, are we going to just watch Avatar's movies until we die? Just like. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> and that's it. Just watching them. I don't know. Is that going to be all Mindlessly. that going to the movies is? Yeah. I like how both of us went <laughs> to the movies to see movies. Like, these weren't movies that are going to be like big blockbusters. We didn't go see Thor, Love and Thunder. Is that I, what that I one's mean, called? I mean, I did see that well, one, but. <laughs> we didn't go see. What's the big movie out? I don't know. Um. I don't know. But we didn't just... Okay. <laughs> See, but nothing's wrong with that. Because, like, my favorite <laughs> film of this whole year was Top Gun Maverick. Oh, yeah. No, that one was really good. But uh, but we went to see movies that are, like, good movies. I the menu was great. Mm-hmm. But, like, these, like, middle-tier movies that still should be shown in movie theaters. Agreed. It shouldn't just be Avatar 2. Agreed. Anyways, house violent night. <laughs> anyway, no, it was good. It was um, it was very entertaining. It was like I thought it was gonna be a little more horry, but it was more action and more like suspense. But yeah, it is kind of like Die Hard in a way, um, except make it like Santa Claus and I don't know. It's pretty dope. Some of the things, but it's it's kind of weird because there's like lore to it, like. It's it's a little odd because he has like these tattoos and stuff. Like there's a point where he takes off his shirt and has these flashbacks, and he's like a a Viking or something. I don't know. It's very confusing. It's like a totally. Di- I don't know if this is like real. Like if they got the inspiration from a real story, because you know how like Santa origins are different for every like, you know, like different countries have different like names for Santa Claus. Like you know, if like, you're French, it's like Père Noël. Like a Jesus hot take. Just like Jesus. I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Sure. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Scratch that. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I need to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. I can cut it. It's okay. <laughs> I feel like with my opinions, I'm coming across so much like John Cusack and like serendipity. How so? Like, just... I f- or any John Cusack character. Like, there's a level of smugness to him. 
What yeah. do you think about John Cusack, Brie? I don't know. He, he's all right. I mean, he's kind of cute. Well, I don't know. I'm not like, to be honest, he's like, he's he's not Hugh Grant to me, you know? But maybe it's just because he doesn't have a British accent. Um, I don't know. Yeah, do you think things would change if John Cusack had a British accent? Yeah, I think so. The Colin effect. I think that would take over. Totally. Like from Love Actually, the Colin effect. Yeah. No, I'm not going to lie. In this movie, I was a little more enamored by like... um. I'm trying to think of her character's name, but um, um Kate Beckinsale, yeah, by Kate, Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> I refuse to say his name correctly. That's terrible, isn't it? No, it's okay. I was too. Kate Beckinsale really is the star of Serendipity, yeah. Like, I just thought she was so charming and like lit up the room. So, like, I'm kind of like, what is it about him other than he has the other glove, you know? He's a good vessel, like, I think in a lot of films that I see John Cusack in. He's likable enough, and he's kind of charming and and stuff, but he he does a good job. I guess it's a testament to him as an actor, now that I'm thinking about it. But, like, whoever his co-star is definitely shines in a good way. Like, in Gross Point Blank and, like, the mini driver mm. role. You know, I think he's a good... He's like, does a good job of, like, lighting up the female he's with. I got you. Like in Must Love Dogs. I mean, it's all about Diane Lane anyway. It's Diane Lane's world. We're just living in it. Totally. Yeah. But in this movie, it is Kate Beckins- Beckinsale's world. We're just living <laughs> Did I it. almost give you to say her name? You really Beckinsaled <laughs> me. <laughs> but yeah. So we're discussing Serendipity. Um, and it was directed by Peter Chelsom, who directed Hannah Montana the movie. Woo! It's it the is climb. the climb. <laughs> and Shall We Dance? The J-Lo, Richard Gere joint, which I've never seen. I've never seen, never heard. And I, when I Googled it, I said, hold up. I got to see this. It's got Susan Sarandon, Richard Gere, and J-Lo. And it's like a saucy premise. Like, I don't know. I wonder, is he taking these dance lessons for his lady? And surprise, is it one of those where it's like a twist? Like, she thinks he's cheating. Because he's hiding his dance lessons for some weird reason. But then he ends up, is he going to surprise her? You know what I mean? It's going to be one, a misread situation. I'm reading into it just from misread the- Misread situations. I'm feeling like that's what it's about. But I don't know because I haven't seen it. I'm just judging by the description and the pictures and that's it. So who knows? I could be totally wrong. Is this Peter Chalsom's thing? Because like in Hannah Montana, the movie, it's like, is it Miley? Is it Hannah? In this movie, it's like, are they going to meet each other again? What about that book? Yeah. Will they? Won't they? Mm-hmm. Will they find out? It keeps you on, on the edge of your seat. Yeah. But it's such a weird um, like filmography to be like the Hannah Montana movie, <laughs> Shall We Dance, Serendipity. I know. I looked at that. I'm like, huh. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. It, and, you know, this movie also premiered at a very interesting time. Um. Speaking of 2001, October 5th, 2001 is when this movie came out. Hmm. So, you know, almost a month after 9-11. Yeah. Um, and it was actually, I don't know if I'd call this movie a hit, but by today's standards, talk about like middle tier movies. Yeah. I'm going to bring up the box office for this weekend really quick, Brie. Mm-hmm. What a time. Like, do you remember when people would just go to the movies? 
hundred percent. Yeah. When you would just go to the movies. It was a big to-do. It was, there were lines. Every weekend. It felt so good. Any movie. Why did we stop? People saw Serendipity opening weekend. Number one at the box office was Training Day. Mm-hmm. Great movie. It is. Love that movie. Um, Serendipity was number two. Which kind of blows my mind right in, I think if it was out today, go straight to Netflix. Yeah. But I love the idea that you could go to a movie theater and see a movie that has, like, words in that curly Microsoft Word font. <laughs> the curls. Yeah, you know? curls. I know what you're talking about. Um, number three was Don't Say a Word with Michael Douglas. Four was Zoolander. Mm. Five, Joyride. And six, Max Keebler's Big Move. Huh. I don't know who that is. I saw that movie in the theaters. Very embarrassing. I don't remember the movie, but I remember it had Josh Peck in okay. it. Which he was a staple. He was like a Nickelodeon staple. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the only one I saw from this list at the time, at least, was... Actually, I didn't see Serendipity. I just saw Zoolander. <laughs> I saw Zoolander, that was for sure. <laughs> I remember, like, having the Zoolander DVD. Oh, wow. Remember that DVD and always reading it. I had a poster of Zoolander in my room. You did? No. <laughs> That's cool. What if you were just like a really big Ben Stiller head? I know. Honestly, something about him. <laughs> it's the, I don't know. The face he makes, maybe, or the way he spikes his hair. I don't know. Being ridiculously good looking. Exactly. Yeah. Serendipity. It's definitely a movie I saw like the posters of. Mm. I wanted to see it. Because Kate Beckinsale had a leather jacket and, like, swoopy, shaggy, Meg Ryan, but brunette-style hair. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, the dream in 2001. Right? And she had uh, th this movie, her outfits were just hitting, too. Like, she looks so good. Like, I just, I don't know. So good. Inspiration. So good. Um, but, yeah, do you remember... Like, did you see – I didn't see this movie until a couple years ago, but – Yeah. Did you see this movie at the time, or what do you remember about the marketing or anything? I don't even remember – I don't remember this movie at all, to be honest. I remember you brought it up to me, and in my mind, I thought you – well, I guess you've known about this movie, but you said you've, you haven't seen it until recently either, so – Like, in the past 10 years. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I don't remember this movie being around. I don't know. Yeah. I remember being like, wait, what? Serendipity? That sounds cool. Like, how did I miss this one, you know? I remember just the premise really getting me as a kid. Mm. And never seeing it, but it was one of those movies I was like, when I'm an adult, gonna watch. I think, like, there was a time in my life where I was, like, really – Against rom-coms for some reason. Just being like, ah, I don't like rom-coms. I don't know. <gasps> I'm not like the other girls. Maybe I did what have a pick me. me. Yeah, maybe I did have a phase. But, you know, like, eh. but honestly, Loki, I was watching them. And, I, you know, it just wasn't that one. So. It's easy to miss. Yeah. You know, I feel so judgmental about my rant earlier, Brie. I just gotta <laughs> say, like, I don't mind, like... Rom-coms are my junk food. Like, I love a good, bad rom-com. Yeah. Like, this isn't, like, you know, Hamlet. 
Serendipity is such a fun movie with a fun premise, but like, you know, Shakespeare in love, it is not. Agreed. And that's okay. Perfectly fine. I think movies should be everything. Yeah. They should just be something. (laughs) Just be something. Give us something. Give us that curls font. Exactly. That's all we need. Yeah. Doesn't have to be that serious. Yeah, I want to, before we get into more of the movie, want to, like, take a trip to fall 2001. Yes, I'm going there. (laughs) (laughs) So, the first Harry Potter came out and was a huge success. Yes. Remember her? Harry Potts? Yeah, which, didn't that also come out in the fall? It had to, right? Like, later on, or, like, November? November, I think. Yeah, because that was always a thing. Around that time, it always, like, you'd line up and go see the movie or get the book or whatever. Except when they came out in the summer. Remember those? It wasn't the same. A fall, like a winter Harry Potter movie, mm-hmm. hits different. It really does. Um, oh, Pop Idol, which was American Idol debuted. Ooh. Like it was the UK version of American Idol. Um, you know, we should totally watch that, by the way. American Idol? Um, yes, or Pop but Idol? Maybe Pop Idol. Maybe mm-hmm. both. Because I know we've, we've both watched American Idol from the beginning. Like, when it premiered, but I've never seen Pop Idol, and I'm just curious, like, what it's... I don't know. I'm curious, but can I be honest? Yeah. Which I know we'll get farther down the list of Late to the Party episodes, ideas, and movies to do, so we're going to probably do it eventually, like, from Justin to Kelly, Mm -hmm. but... I didn't see the first season of American Idol. I did not. You didn't? I didn't see like a moment like this, except in like clips. Like I've seen her winning and I've seen her singing that song. Yeah. I did not watch, especially in real time, I did not watch Kelly Clarkson become a star. Oh. And that breaks my heart. Wow. I started watching in season two, which means I got to see Ruben Stuttered and Clay Aiken. Yeah. I know that doesn't hit the same though. No, but it is still, you know. It still hits. hits. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will definitely have to watch the first season. At least the first season so we can talk about from Justin to Kelly. Definitely. (laughs) Which, you know, I think just to cap off that rant I had earlier, people need to make art, like, from Justin to Kelly. Totally. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, Training Day came out around this time. Monsters, Inc., Zoolander, Glitter. Ooh. Um, I know the writer was arrested on December 12th, um, for shoplifting charges in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Check out our episode on Winona Ryder for more. No. Free Winona. Mm-hmm. Um, Time Magazine. This is a time capsule. So Time Magazine names Rudy Giuliani person of the year. I remember that. He was... An American hero. He was on top for the longest time until he wasn't. He cleaned up New York. Yeah. Never forget, okay? Right. Didn't people hate him later, though? Oh, yeah. (laughs) But then people are always like, people, now when you talk about Rudy Giuliani, it is so interesting because people will say something because he's kind of, you know. Yeah. A a little little yikes. Mm -hmm. But people will even say today, they're like, oh, man, Rudy Giuliani, blah, 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 insert negative thing, you know, monstrosity here. And then they will be like, but he did clean up New York. (laughs) (laughs) He was there for us during 9-11. So. True. I don't know. He's an interesting man with an interesting caveat. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Needless to say, fall 2001 movie-wise – 
pop culture-wise, we had different things on our mind. Certain other things were going on. Mm-hmm. So it's like an interesting time, like, looking back. It's like a... I don't know how to word it. We just had a tragedy, so we yeah. were uh, trying to figure some things out. Like, Yeah, it's a little muddy. It's a, yeah, like, people weren't ready in October to go back to the cinemas until Harry Potter came out. And they were like, okay, we're back. Until SNL came back. Do you remember that episode of SNL where I think Rudy Giuliani, speaking of him, came on? And they were like, we need to laugh again. It was a great moment. Actually, yeah. Oh. So once they said that, that's how I'm rewriting this history. This that's is late when- to the party history. <laughs> yeah. That is when, as a country, we moved on. <laughs> After Rudy Giuliani said, time to, to, laugh, to again. laugh again. <laughs> and then we did. And then we saw Harry Potter. Yeah. And Monsters, Inc. Then and we that's were, what happened. We were cured. <laughs> yep. So what about our man Ebert? So... Roger Ebert, he gave the film one and a half out of four stars. Um, and the New York Times gave it a mixed review and compared it to they compared it to cinematic candy floss. So, yeah, not the best reviews. Um, I don't know. Which I'm like, if you're talking about like rom coms, I'm like, eh, how hard can you really review them? Because he's, you know, there's a lot of movies we've talked about, and sometimes he'd be like two or three out of four stars. So it's interesting that this one only gets a one and a half. Like, I don't know. I just wonder what his beef is, like, you know? I feel you. Well, no, I would give this film, like, also one and a half out of four stars. (laughs) See, maybe you are Ebert because you agree with him on so many things. I really do. Even his problematic statements, I do really agree with. And last episode, you basically said the same exact (laughs) thing before even, like, looking at his review. So, just saying. What can I say? He He was a goat. But but see, unlike Roger Ebert, I would my review of this film is I give it one and a half out of four stars. And it was cinematic candy floss, and I mean that in a good way. Okay. This movie isn't like a good movie. Yeah. But it is fun. So is its strength is that it's not a good movie? Yes. Okay. It is a time capsule. It is Brie, you and I came out of this movie. Mm-hmm. We watched this movie the other day. Yes. We wanted more. We did. It was only 93 minutes or something, 95 minutes, whatever. It was like, you know, just like, I don't know. I feel like Love Actually, that's over like two hours. And this one, it was like wrapped up so fast. And then it's like, oh, that's it? Like it ends, it ends quickly too. And it's just like, you don't exactly, like at the end, <laughs> spoilers, it's not like we see them, like, get married or something. Like, you know what I mean? We don't know exactly what happens. Oddly, we could watch it. I don't know why. Like, this movie, like, isn't, like, a masterpiece. But it is so easy to watch. Mm-hmm. On the hot take, unlike a Marvel movie. It just, it just, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Mm-hmm. It is Fun from start to finish. It has a bop and soundtrack. Yes. The fashion's great. It has this cute premise. They do the meet cute so well. Mm-hmm. And it just is. Like Peter Chelsea, how he directs this, has no pretense. Like yeah. this isn't trying to be great. This is trying to be 
a rom-com. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's um, it's very whimsical, too, I feel like. You know, just the premise and, like, the... um, Like, there's kind of, like, a cat and mouse effect or, like, the whole will they, won't they. But, it, like, they take it, I feel like, this idea of fate to, like, a whole nother level with um, Kate Beckinsale's character. So, yeah. So, like, speaking of that, how would you describe the premise of Serendipity? Well... <laughs> <laughs> me personally or like yeah me- like the whole like kate beckinsale's character has this idea yeah on how romance should be played out or how her life should be played out yeah she believes everything should be left up to fate basically and let fate decide which i don't know i'm partly on John Cusack said, because he's kind of like, well, why don't we just take matters into our own hands? I mean, at the same time, though, at the beginning of this movie, they are both in relationships. So it's, you know, it's a little bit like, yeah, like, what are they doing? But I mean, you know, sometimes a little flirting's okay. But, but yeah, like, I guess his name was Jonathan. John Cusack's character meets Sarah, Kate yeah. Beckinsale. And so he finds it love at first sight. And Sarah believes in destiny. And her whole premise is like, oh, I love the word serendipity. And Mm -hmm. I love this idea of fate. And instead of giving you my phone number, I'm going to write my phone number in this book. And if you ever see this again, then you can have my phone number that we're meant to be. If I select this one number on an elevator and you also select it then we're also meant to be Uh (laughs) uh-huh you know things like that so kind of a mix of the secret Uh mixed with some ocd tendencies mixed with fate equals serendipity is how i describe it that makes total sense yeah no i think you described it really well because i don't know i'm kind of like she had a lot of things going on i love a spiritual, but probably has, like, underlying neuroses queen, and that's Kate Beckinsale's Sarah. Yeah, she's a little neurotic, I feel like. I feel like she takes it to a certain level where I'm like, you know, like, a couple of these things that she says, she's like, okay. And then she goes on to the next thing and the next thing, and it's, like, kind of, like, jumping through hoops, like, for Jonathan. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And she's like, okay, so if this happens, then this is what, what it means. And then she's like, okay, but then if this, she, you know what I mean? She just keeps adding on to things, and it's like... The chances are like, I don't know if they're increasing or decreasing for, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if she's doing herself any favors either. (laughs) Yeah. But this like being spiritually neurotic Mm -hmm. speaks to my soul as a person who used to follow the secret and who carries crystals all the time. And like even today I was thinking to myself, I was like, I chose these crystals today. Is this what's giving me bad luck? Or is it this? What if I take one away? What if I add one? Like, yeah. doing the Sarah thing, I'm like, it's not about my choices. <laughs> it's just about these rocks in my pocket, uh-huh. which I know crystals are, you know. But at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I feel like Sarah is like that. I feel like we it's a relatable queen. Definitely. No, I still feel like I believe, like, in putting things out to the universe and they come to you. Like, I don't know. I, I get it. Like, I'm... I'm not against it. I'm just like, whoo, that's a lot. Well, as this movie proves, and as life proves, 
the moment you actually let go Mm -hmm. is when the things come to you. Yeah. So, like, throughout this movie, like, they... So, like, ten years pass. Right. And there's 3,000 miles between these two. And, you know, they're like, is fate going to ever decide for us to be together? They're kind of silently thinking as John Cusack's about to get married to Bridget Moynihan. And, uh-huh. you know, Kate Beckinsale is with John Corbett, who is <laughs> sexy a sexy flute man, <laughs> is a sexy flautist, you know. Um, but, yeah, so, like, Google says when love feels... Like magic is called destiny. When destiny has a sense of humor, it's serendipity. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I like to think that destiny or whatever has a, uh, or you know, the universe has a sense of humor sometimes. Oh, totally. And like they would have come together. I don't know if this is jumping ahead too much. They would have come together anyways. Like it wasn't anything they were doing. It was just fate. It was. It was just. Yeah. They keep running into each other. It's almost like, well, because you know how we we saw You've Got Mail. Like, they kind of were walking in the same path, the same streets every day, going, you know, into the Starbucks right before the other. Like, they were going to cross paths. Like, this is a similar situation to me where I think these people probably would have, you know, you know, just fate. I like to believe in fate. I don't know. I do, too. It's a fun thought. I don't know. I like that as well. And I like how this movie just kind of is like, yeah, this is a fun thought. Like, what if one of them's whimsical and not a manic pixie girl, like dream girl, who's actually kind of neurotic, and the man's also kindly, kind of neurotic, but also yeah. just like, I don't know. It's just fun. It's yeah. easy breezy. Um, else? Oh, yeah. Molly Shan. Can we talk about the side characters? We kind of <laughs> talked about Kate Beckinsale and John Cusack. Yeah. So Molly Shannon plays the best friend mm-hmm. who doesn't believe in anything like that. She like lives in San Francisco and she works at this hippy dippy place uh-huh. and totally thinks it's like bullshit. And I, I like I love Molly Shannon anyways, but playing this role, it's just really funny. Yeah. No, Molly Shannon cracks me up. She's great. Um, I don't know. I love her presence in this film. And her reactions to things. And she's like, she thinks her friend's crazy, but she's like, you know what, whatever. I'll go, I'll go along with you. You know, we'll figure it out. Like, I don't know. Her and her Prado bag or wallet, right? One of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is when Kate Beckinsale's character convinces Molly Shannon to go to New York Mm -hmm. to find him. You know, the girl that believes in serendipity and fate is going to find him. But anyways. Right. She's like, I'm going to sniff him out. <laughs> yeah. She's like, fuck this fate stuff. Um, but yeah, so they like are going through, are they in Times Square? Mm-hmm. And um, they see one of those dudes that sells all the fake bags. Yeah. And Molly Shannon looks at the Prada, one that's called Prado, and is just like, I gotta have this. Yeah. I love how she's like, I can just go to the Dollar Tree and get a magic marker and turn it into an A. And I'm like, yes. Do you feel like that's you? <laughs> that was the most relatable thing she's. I was like, yes. Like, to me, I was like, yeah, I could totally. I hate paying for expensive things, but I do have expensive tapes, so. <laughs> Prado it is. Prado it is. I feel like... 
Kate Beckinsale being spiritually neurotic and Molly Shannon being like Prado yeah. and being like, you're crazy, but going along with, with it just because it's fun is very much like our dynamic. Like, I was like, that's us. Yeah, we do. We go along with each other. I mean, hey, who are we to judge? <laughs> you know, if I want to get a Prado bag, you know? I love how, like, Kate Beckinsale's character also puts up a, her Prada wallet, which is so 2001. Yeah. Just a simple black mm-hmm. Prada. And then Molly Shannon puts up the Prado, and it's like a, a shot where they're, like, holding up both of them. <laughs> She's like, it looks the same to me. Yep. <laughs> oh, oh, so good. Oh, and then Bridget Moynihan is John Corbett's fiance. Oh, yeah. Which... I think it's funny. Wait. What? John oh, no. Cusack. John Cusack, yeah. Did, no. Yeah, I was about to say, wait, did you say John Corbett? I Well, it's because I love John there's, Corbett there's two more. two Johns. I know. <laughs> You're always thinking about John Corbett in the back of your mind, right? Like, Team Aiden all the way. <laughs> but that's so funny because this, this whole time, I'm getting so confused because I don't know if filming kind of lined up with my big fat Greek wedding, right. but John Corbett has... My big fat Greek wedding hair. He has the hair, right. He's playing like a douchebag, like flute yeah. dude that puts out like world music. Uh-huh. His name. Oh, God. What was his name? It was something really dumb. It was like, um, like it. <sighs> Lars. Oh, yeah. It was Lars. Yeah. I was like, Louise? But I'm like, no, that's not really a, du- like it's something just. Lars. I don't know. I just don't like that name. <laughs> but yeah, I was getting confused because like Bridget Moynihan and John Corbett are both in Sex in the City. Oh yeah, true. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Which I don't think they've ever they would share a scene together. But it was just like so many worlds colliding for me. Yeah. Just like where I've seen these people. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's very serendipitous. I know. And then Jeremy Pivens, the best friend. Oh, yeah. For John Cusack. I liked him. This is the only role where I've liked Jeremy Pivens. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It oddly works. Yeah, uh, he was likable. I don't know if I've seen him in anything else, but... I just know him from Entourage. Oh, I've never seen Entourage. Same. In a couple episodes. Um, that's like the male sex in the city, though, right? Oh, Entourage? I feel like, I feel like around that time, yeah, maybe it was compared to that. What I don't do they know. do? Like, is it an Entourage? Like, is it for the president? Is it like an Entourage of like, is it someone famous? Like, what does Hollywood it mean? Hollywood. Oh, okay. Related. I know. Okay. I don't know. I didn't, I mean, that's a little, we would have been way too young. We could never yeah. ask one of our, like, guy friends we know to be like, talk about entourage. entourage and they would have been like i was 12 yeah it's okay we don't need to talk about entourage we don't. which is interesting like like guys did not care about entourage the way like sex in the city for the past 20 years has like taken a hold of females yeah like we've watched it people younger than us people older than us like mm. that watch it in real time like we all know it but there's nothing like that for guys Right? I don't know. Well, because I think Sex and the City speaks to, like, the plights of, like, 
I don't know, womanhood, I guess, or like different women, you know, you get these different perspectives. But yeah, I don't know what the equivalent would be for a guy. Yeah, well, guys need that. Men's rights. Like, does everybody hate Chris count? I don't know. I mean, he's everybody a boy. Hates Chris. But, you know, he's relatable. I don't know. But he's a, it's from a boy's perspective. I don't know. <laughs> but that's not the same, I guess. I don't know. That's more coming of age. We get sex in the city. <laughs> they get everybody hates Chris. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's one of the same, you know? Yeah. I can't think of anything else. You know what I mean, though, where it's, like, narrated by somebody or just, like, that. I don't know. I can't really. That but hit. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's all I got. I don't know. But you know who does hit? Hmm. Eugene Levy. He always hits. I love him so much. He's hilarious. I don't know. I love how he can, like, play these characters where he's, like, a little bit, like, stuck up or, like, um... What's the word? Like, just, like, straight laced, like, won't go against the rules. Like, um, like, Jonathan keeps trying to come behind the counter. He's like, no, stand back, stand back. You know, you got to follow the rules. And it's like, I don't know. So good in everything. Yeah. His timing's just, I don't know. I was about to say. Plus, it's Eugene Levy. I don't know. I just love seeing him, like, because he's, like, He's another one where I feel like I've seen him in so many things, and it's just like a comfort for him to be in a movie. I, just like, you know, like Danny DeVito or someone. I'd just be like, oh, cool. Or like a Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. You see her and you know, you're like, she's going to be subtly funny. Like all that, all like the SCTV people, pretty much, but especially Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara for me. Yeah. Where you're like, they're going to do something, and it's going to be subtle, but funny. Mm-hmm. Like the Eugene Levy, like, don't go past the the counter bit <laughs> mm-hmm. is, like, so funny, but so in place, like, for this movie. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, like, you know how some comedians, it kind of, like, feels out of place or, like, you're doing a, they play it too high a, or something. Yeah. Or, like, you know that they're doing, like, their, like, real life bit mm. in a way. Yeah. Like they're hitting a way home. Eugene Levy's, like, He's playing it in the scene, but he's playing, like, the Eugene Levy character, and I love it. Same. So, do you want to talk about the soundtrack? <laughs> I feel like this this soundtrack slapped for the most part. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of Annie Lennox. Annie Lennox cover of Waiting in Vain is so good. I mean, Annie Lennox is so good. Mm. No, I, she is. I love this. I love her version of the song. Yeah. There's some early John Mayer. Yeah. Which he's cool. Yeah, I feel like a lot of this music is just really like, I don't know, just light. Like, it's perfect for a rom-com, you know? Yes. It's so of a time. And like, yeah, I I think this is how like all rom-com soundtracks should be. I think it should be a bunch of John Mayer. If you're the early 2000s, some Evan and Jaren and some David Gray, like adult contemporary. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just, it's what it needs to be. It's chicken soup for the soul, you know? Some Sean Colvin. <laughs> where Brie, where you just, you, there was like, because uh, that's the lady who sings Sunny Came Home, right? Um, oh my God, is that her? Yes. <gasps> but I think, I think it's right. so funny how like as soon as that one song came on that, was it Sean Calvin? Yeah. You took out your Shazam. I did. I was like, I need to know this song. It's like, it plays during the scene where, um, like, they're, 
are they both in a cab or maybe it's just her? But um, Sarah is like, you know, she's like, I gotta, you know, I gotta go to him. Like, I gotta do this thing. And then it's like, the song's called When You Know. It's like, when you know, you know. <laughs> do, 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 uh. And, you know, it's just like, when you know, you know what I mean? It's like trying to drill that home. Like, they know. They both secretly, like, know that they're, the other person's the one. So, it's like, I don't know. It's just like, it ties everything together, I think, really well. This movie really is, like, a rom-com. Yeah. Even with the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask. I was going to ask you a question. I forgot what I was going to ask you. Oh, what did you think, speaking of, like, music, what do you think of the Sarah Smile bit, I would call it, when John Cusack, he keeps hearing the name Sarah. So he'll go to, like, the barber on his wedding day to Bridget Moynihan and hear, like, someone say Sarah. Or – and, like, the bit culminates into this one guy on a bike in traffic who is jamming <laughs> the fuck out to Sarah Smile by Hall & Oates. Uh-huh. But he's, like, like letting loose, like, uh, was that, like, that new Drake and 21 Savage song is playing, like – <laughs> rich flex you know like yeah. he's something else is in those headphones but he's singing sarah smile what did you think of that bit i love that bit it like cracked me up because he isn't he like slapping on someone else's car like to the yeah. beat of the song <laughs> and it's like it's holland oats you know but it's like that song i'm sure it's good and all but it cannot be like that like like he's like singing it so loud he's like oh sarah and it's like whoa man like calm down like <laughs> He is almost twerking on that bike. Yeah. Like, he is. He's like leaning. He's like, yeah, he's like tooching and, and yeah. He's like throwing it back he's for some hollow notes. <laughs> yeah. Jonathan's just like, what is going on? I think that's cool though. Like, I think that's interesting though that her name keeps popping up, you know? I'm like, huh, is that a sign? You know? I feel like it's so fun in this movie to see people be like, is this a sign? And then they're like, they're, no, that's not a sign. Like, there's that one scene. Like, in the beginning when they meet and um, he writes his number down, he goes to hand it to her and it flies away. And she's like, oh, that's a sign from fate telling us we need to back off or something. And it's like, you know what I mean? I feel like just like reading into things. I feel like that's so relatable. That's but, me. Yeah. I'm the same. So. <laughs> anyway. The premise is so like whimsical. Yet I'm like, there's parts of this movie where I'm like, this oddly too relatable yeah i'm like hmm you really didn't have to analyze this the way you did but relatable it's like it's so just like genuinely whimsical it almost feels like an attack sometimes i'm like hey (laughs) yeah hey now i feel you anything else oh yeah i thought it was really funny that i guess when they were shooting in New York City, posted on the production trailer was, yes, we are filming a movie. It's called Serendipity. It stars John Cusack and some girl from Britain that you wouldn't know. Um, even if we told you her name. We will be shooting tonight until mid-morning. Please don't ask the crew any <laughs> questions. Even if they don't look like they are working, they are thinking. <laughs> they are living in this world of whimsy. <laughs> Leave them alone. Do not bother them. Fate has asked you to back off. I feel like I want to use that in my life. The, the even if they don't look like they're working, they are thinking. That's how I feel most of the time. Or like Ralphie and Christmas Story. I'm like, yes, 
hold on, I'm thinking. Like, leave me alone. Like, what does he say? Just like, I don't, don't know. talk, I'm don't thinking. Talk, don't whatever. talk to me, yeah. That's how I feel all the time. Agreed. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't Jennifer Aniston turn down this role as well? Like, the lead role? She did. Which, can you... I can picture Jennifer Aniston in this. Yeah. I like, think she'd be cute. Like a picture perfect kind of role. I, I think she'd be cute. But there's something really, I feel like, so charming when there's a British person and an American person. It's that dream. It it's is. the American dream. That's also a fantasy. <laughs> like, don't take that fantasy away from us. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like, though... So were they thinking of Jennifer Aniston with John Cusack? Yeah, like would they have chemistry? Yeah, that's what that's I'm weird. <laughs> like, because I could picture Jennifer Aniston killing this role. Yeah, but with John Cusack, like I feel like there needs to be someone else. Yeah, I wonder. Do they? Well, like you know, they probably didn't even do a chemistry test, right? Because she didn't even like want to do the thing. So like, because they they could have um. Like, gone back and forth with, like, an offer, right? And she just didn't want to do it, from what I understand. Like, she just... Well, yeah, didn't know. she say something about being, like... She she pretty much said that she does a romantic comedy every day on Friends. Okay, yeah. I guess that's a good point. I mean... Eh, but it's a... I don't know. I guess, yeah, I guess you... Maybe she didn't have the time. Also, like, this is 2001, so... So about this time, Friends was almost about to wrap up. She'd done like Picture Perfect and the Object of My Affection, the Paul Rudd movie, and yeah, she's already done rom coms. She did, and she didn't really like. It didn't hit, you know. I remember that being the thing about her, like even with Along Came Polly, which was a mild success. Like Jennifer Aniston, outside of Friends, just couldn't find that thing like rom-com what well, you would think she'd be so good you know like so she hit in that way and she doesn't really hit until she you know like the movies she hits around this time are like office space mm. or you know was it the good girl with jake chillenhall and then later when she does horrible bosses and more comedies like where the millers is really when she like, um, i was about to say where the millers is my favorite rom-com <laughs> i love that movie and i love horrible bosses like that movie made me cry laughing but oh wow i still have to see it but. it probably is so problematic right now but she's great in it but yeah like she it takes a while for her post friends to hit and i feel like what this year she did Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg is like the girlfriend. I don't know. I think at this point in her career, I can see how Jennifer Aniston would be like, well, I'm not going to do another rom-com. Like, I, it didn't really work. So yeah. we <laughs> just focus on friends. Right. That's a little more steady. I wonder if it was steadier income as well. Or like, it's also a commitment, like a show like that, you know, because I don't know. That show was running for a long time and you built like you're, you know. Yeah, like, I could see Jennifer Aniston totally wanting to take more chances outside of that. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like, she's, she's steady. She's getting bank because Friends is, like, a cultural phenomenon and it's in syndication and stuff. And, you know, every week being on a sitcom's kind of easy. Mm-hmm. Like, a schedule-wise. Yeah. Like, 
outside of that, I guess I, I could see how she would want to, like, switch it up. Just not with serendipity, though. Just like Yeah, well, because that could be, that's like Ross and Rachel. Yeah. Give her something more challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Give her a role where she hates society and her job, and she'll she'll shine during this era. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Um, you already mentioned that uh, Bridget Moynihan and John Corbett starred together in Sex and the City. Um, oh yeah, this uh, movie shot in summer two thousand, and they had to digitally remove. Uh, the World Trade Center images. Oh, dang. That's crazy. It was, like, too soon to even look at. Like, you wouldn't want to, like, yeah. see them in their... You know what? You know what's so interesting, though? Because, like, now, anytime, like, if I see a movie and it's shot in New York City and it was, like, in the 90s or something, I'm always like, oh, my God, the Twin Tower. Like, it's so nostalgic because it's, like, I remember it, but there's, like, so many people in generations now that will never, you know, they will have only seen it because of that time and not, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's like erasing, like, it's kind of like it's gone. It, and now it's, you know, and so it's interesting that they would choose to remove it like that. But I guess that would be respectful at the time or I guess so. But I know what you mean. It's like, maybe it's like a thing where in the moment it seems more respectful, but like, you know. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if we should erase it any further. Like, I'm like, oh, I kind of feel like. It's like a weird tinge of like kind of like sadness a bit like when you look back at movies and you see the towers but it's also like a symbol of something right don't a lot of people yeah it was the skyline for the longest time in so many designs and situations you know what i mean it's weird i don't know i just feel like it hasn't been the same but it's like it's iconic it's iconic yeah i mean (laughs) i know it's not all about aesthetics like it's it's not but it was it was there it was like a new york like you said, it was like a a staple. It was Yeah. Like it meant yeah. something. It meant something and Yeah. I just think that's so interesting that they CGI'd it out. I don't know. I'm like, huh. Cause I didn't even notice, but I guess because it came out afterwards, right? Like maybe yeah. it was just like that's so wild. I know. Wow. Movie makings something. Is that <laughs> you were talking about using CGI for good? Yeah. For- for bad or for good, Brie? I don't know. I think the intentions are probably good, but I'm like, I feel like just keep, I feel like keep it in the truth unless it's something really hor- like it's, I don't know. But I don't, yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. Torn. Yeah. Nothing's right. I'm torn. And Natalie and Bruglia. Mm-hmm. You're torn. Definitely. Uh, well, not speaking of torn, I feel like. Natalie Imbruglia gives me Leiden's hair and deputy vibes. It's just her haircut. Mm, definitely. But also, Carla Gugino, Spy Kids mom, oh. and Claire Forlani, who's the one who is in that iconic scene in Meet Joe Black. Okay. Um, they both auditioned for the role of Sarah Thomas. Oh, Okay. I mean, I could maybe see that, but... I mean, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. They're hot ladies with hot haircuts. Brunettes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I... 
I love Kate Beckinsale. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like this movie's they would have been great. Yeah. They would have been good. Charles. This movie is very 2001. Mm-hmm. No, it it I love it. Um even even the CGI of the Twin Towers is very 2001. I don't know. Um Oh yeah. Oh, what did you think about kind of speaking on we were talking about like Sex in the City earlier. Mm-hmm. You know in Sex in the City how like Carrie's always lamenting over like my fifth best friend is New York City. Yeah. I'm on a date with New York. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie, New York is a character. Definitely. Like, very much so. Yes. And I love that in films. Like, they go on their first date to Serendipity 3 and have frozen hot chocolates. That was so cute. Also, that Serendipity 3 is a great place to go and get the frozen hot chocolates. Like, I remember when we went there just to, like, see what the, the fuss was about. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I'm still thinking about that hot chocolate situation. Like, it, it lives in my brain. A couple years ago, they still had a Sephora there. Oh. So, you know, get your shopping on. <laughs> that is very 2001, though. I feel like shopping, like, can you imagine getting a body dust? Like, one of those Urban Decay, like, body dusts? Yeah. At Sephora and then getting a frozen hot chocolate? Mm. Serendipity 3. That's a dream. That sounds amazing. But... But yeah, that's like a staple of like you, f- like a first time in New York City vibe. Mm-hmm. Like if you're there, like I remember getting a frozen hot chocolate when I was like a kid on vacation. Yeah. Dressed like wintertime Samantha, the American girl doll. <laughs> yes. You know, like it's a fantasy. Yeah. I love how they just like spend this night too, just like just walking the streets together, you know, just. I don't know. Living living it up in New York as Louis Armstrong plays. Not to talk about Sex and the City again. But this movie, I think, it's just the New York of it all. But, like, there is a thing. Like, on first dates or second dates, like, a date. Mm -hmm. Just walking in a city. Yes. Like, aimlessly. Yes. Maybe getting ice cream. It's the move. That sounds like it would be so much fun. I mean, that's never happened to me. What? But, like, well, you know, like, not just walking into someone in the city. Oh, no, but, like, going on a date and just, like, walking. Okay. Yeah, no, that's happened to me. Yeah. I, I thought you meant just, like, like meeting someone and, the, you know what I mean? Like, that's well, a little too literal, Well, maybe. no, we grew up post 9-11, so obviously, <laughs> not to all trace it back to 9-11, but certain things don't always happen like that anymore, but, yeah, you know, stranger Str- danger. I was about to say stranger danger. <laughs> But, but you know what I mean? Just the the idea of, like, walking around a city on a date. Yeah. No, that's whimsical, for sure. Just kind of not caring. Just letting things happen. Seeing where the, the night goes. Also, like, a walk. A walk and talk. There's nothing better. No. You can't beat it. Yeah. If you have a hot beverage, that's that's good, too, you know? We're getting a cold beverage, getting a frozen hot chocolate. Yeah. Split one. Exactly. Um, what else? Okay, can we talk about the art of the meat cute? Yeah. So I think like, as far as rom-coms go, the meat cute is very important, very crucial. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, if you don't meet cute, how do you meet, you know? Like, it's not as, like... It's not as cute. Like No, but the idea of the meet cute... Do you know what I mean? I do. About the... Like, you run into each other. It's, like, some, like, crazy, like... Like, not really realistic happenstance, you know? Yeah. I know. You don't think it's realistic? You don't think meet cutes are... Maybe they're too romanticized? Like, I don't know. I like to think meet cutes are real. I've never personally... Have you personally experienced a meet cute? Or, like, have you had a meet cute? I don't think so. But in my mind, I always want the... You know, I always, like... You know, someone drops their books in the hall. Like, that. Mm-hmm. that's, like, a meet cute, like... I don't know. I'm trying to think what else. Like, it's just a, it's like a fantasy of like fighting over a cashmere glove. Yeah, fighting, I have this this fantasy. <laughs> this movie brings out it's fighting over a cashmere glove at the holiday season. Yeah. <laughs> um, it adds something. I think I've had like the meat cute in the way like it's never materialized, but it's like those moments. I don't yeah, know. I've had moments like that, but it's never materialized. You know, like. It's like, oh, no, you dropped your pencil or something. And then you're like, oh, my God, this person's, like, in love with me. And Yeah. <laughs> and then that's it. And nothing ever happens. But I feel like they're, like, a formative part of a rom-com. Like, I, I feel like that's, like, the one of the crucial elements. Yeah. You got to have the meat cute. Yeah. It establishes something. It's, like, I don't know. Because it's usually, like, the character's, like, oopsies. Like, oh. Like, or sometimes they're, like at odds like in this movie they're they're both kind of fighting over the gloves but then they kind of try to talk it out and but there's something that they have in common i don't know i'm a fan of the meet cute same okay the only thing i did not like about this movie though is what's the deal with that 60 minute style edit yeah i don't know like the clock like just like ticking going and then like the 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 birds like flying and the the it goes like day to night <laughs> yeah it's like a not a long exposure but like a, a time lapse and it's very cheesy also like i feel like and maybe it was just me like i know there were times where they would specify like how many months have passed mm-hmm. or something but then i felt like there were times where they had it like i don't know i feel like you have to do math to get to like the 10 years passing situation like it was just i don't know it lost But me. it wasn't 10 years. It was like seven years or something. Yeah. I was like, I don't, how is it 10 years? Did I miss something? Or did the clock moving over from the left to the right symbolize three more years? Like I got a little lost with like the time of it. And I kind of have, it's not like a big beef, but I feel like 10 years is a long time. Like I love, I do really enjoy movies where like people come together and then something separate, maybe the timing isn't right, but then they're meant to be and they come back together. Like I kind of think that's a romantic idea. And I I know, like, in Harry Met Sally, they also were, like, it was, like, 10 years. But, like, this one, I feel like it doesn't need to be that much time because... Like, three like, years tops. Yeah, three. I was thinking maybe five. But, like, they're in their 20s. Like, you mean to tell me that they've been holding on to this situation, like, this, you know, one romantic night and they're both about to get married and, you know what I mean? It's just kind of, like... I know it's a rom-com and you got to suspend the disbelief, but I feel like if they shortened the time frame just a bit, it would have had me a little more. Agreed. I mean, also, my dude is about to marry Bridget Moynihan. Yeah. 
take what you can get, okay? You couldn't get Kate Beckinsale, but you got this other dime piece. Like, right? it's fine. I know. It's not her fault. Like, I like, mean, I know true love, but like, <laughs> forget that. Forget that. <laughs> that's not realistic. No, I'm just kidding. But that 60 minutes style edit, like, got me. Yeah, same. I think we both, like, bust out laughing because it was like, we were like, what is, what's so going on? Random. Um,. Anything else? Anything else you have on this movie? Oh, yeah. Okay. I just, I really enjoyed the pan flute. Um, <laughs> from Lars. Yeah. No, like, um, there's scenes, like, you know, when they're skating, there's like this pan flute music. And it's, it might be from Lars. It's just like, I don't know. It was like a transition. It's kind of almost sound like my heart will go on or something. It was just dramatic. Like, there's some parts of this movie that are kind of dramatic. Like, um, like that scene um, with the glove where she throws the glove onto him and oh, like yes. towards the end where he's just laying in the ice all like crying because he could not find this girl after all this time. You know, he's like really trying. It's like the night before his wedding too, or after his wedding. It's after they he called call it, it off. off. Yeah. And she just throws the glove. But the way it's shot is just like, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it though. It was like cheesy, but like in a good way. Um. I don't know. I just enjoyed those moments. I also enjoyed the fact that he had fingerless gloves and was rocking that, like, kind of, you know, hobo aesthetic. Hobo chic. Hobo chic, yeah. Um. Also, people like tracing your freckles and calling them constellations. Like, that's romantic. It is. Yeah. Like, does that really happen? I don't know. You know? Does that happen? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, both of us are not, like, I know, like, I have these. It looks like a triangle, or now it have uh, I don't know. It's like it could be the big the little dipper, but not all the way. <laughs> it's like half a dipper. That one's like so faint. I know <laughs> the last one. Yeah, I know. I like. I feel like even on both of us, it's like our freckles are so far apart. Yeah, it's like what a straight line. <laughs> yeah, you okay. got like a triangle Illuminati, and that's it. <laughs> I don't know. I got like one twos. Yeah. A line. <laughs> it looks like, yeah, it looks like you're just drawing lines. Yeah. Not as romantic. <laughs> you gotta have like, oh, what did she say? I like Kate Beckinsale when she says, um, what is it called? <sighs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Cassiopeia? No. no. I mean, she does mention the Cassiopeia. It's a like constellation. But no, she, uh, she talks about, um. Oh, she's like when he's like first tracing her freckles. She's like, yeah, I'm British. What we're known for is having freckles and bad teeth. Dang, yeah. I was like, wow, drag yourself. Okay, she was a dragon. Yeah, I think she said something like it's like a curse or something too. Like I don't know. Anything else? I just I don't know. I thought she was very interesting. Like as a character, like she's just like. Asking all the hard-hitting questions. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure, like, when they were ice skating, she's like, like, they're just meeting. And she's like, what's your favorite sexual position? It's like, well, that's really forward. I love how she says that, though. And then she falls. Like, that's so relatable, too. She, like, (laughs) is trying to, like, ask one of those questions. Yeah. And then she, like, busts her butt on it. Yeah. On the ice. It's relatable. Relatable queen. Again. Again. I also love how she's, like, a therapist, and, like, she tells her client, like, she's like, how dare you believe in faith? That's not, you know, 
you need to be grounded in reality. <laughs> and then her cut to her, like, you know, believing the opposite. I thought that was kind of an interesting contrast. I'm like, huh, is she just saying this because it didn't work out? Or is she just, like, is she jaded? Or she just has to keep her, you know, her therapist, like, logic, like, brain, whatever they tell you, like, whatever they teach you in therapy school. I don't know. Like, do you just have to be, like, keep people grounded, even though, you know what I mean? Like, you don't let your own beliefs get in the way. Is that what it is? You from think? What I took from that, though, is, like, she believes in fate and stuff in her 20s and then 10 years or 7 years, whatever, how many years, in the 60 minutes time that it passed. Mm-hmm. And um, I took that she, like didn't believe in that anymore Mm. like so she was like be logical like of course then she's like i gotta meet this dude and yeah like the tables kind of turn where she's like i gotta like put fate into my own hands and go to new york and like i so what i took from it was that she was like she actually believed like fate wasn't like real anymore she gave up on fate she gave up on it dang well but I don't know. <laughs> it's just a theory. Yeah. No, I think that that makes tons of sense. Hmm. I love um, Jonathan's commitment to finding out who this girl is because he's still trying to f- like he um he finds didn't he find her number or her or something and he's like but he can't locate her like mm-hmm. and he's trying to find her address like he goes to this department store tries to look up her like purchases from years ago and it's just like kind of crazy the lengths and like his best friends also helping him they're like in this weird warehouse and like digging through receipts and like carbon copies which like i feel like nowadays people burn those kinds of things yeah they that goes straight to the paper shredder yeah they don't even back that stuff up they're like if it's over a few years they're not gonna no one cares (laughs) yeah i don't know the commitment is very charming though yeah and I just, I love his dynamic, too, with Eugene Levy just being like, he's like, hey, give me this information. Eugene Levy's like, well, you're going to have to scratch my back first. <laughs> going to have to spend $700 in suits. I like it. Yeah. That man just knows what he's doing. Smart. Smart. I mean, he's a salesman. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Got to do what you, he's like at Bloomingdale's, right? I mean. What's, yeah, he was at Bloomingdale's. Yeah. I mean, hey, I'm sure. They probably make a decent commission. I mean, it's bloomies. Bloomies. In the early 2000s, totally working on commission. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, the book. The book comes back around. I thought this was so such an interesting twist of fate that, like, before Jonathan gets married, his um, fiance, Hallie, as a gift, gives him this book. She's like, I always see you looking at it when we go to bookstores, like trying to find it. So it's like been 10 years of him trying to find this book with Sarah's name and number. And then he opens the, you know, the gift. And, and it is that it's the one that the she wrote in. One. Yeah. And it's like, wait, that's fate. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, that's got to be. I don't know. That's where I'm like this movie, though, a cinematic candy floss. But I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what's up. It's those moments for sure. And then that's when, you know, starts playing. <laughs> And that is when you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then the $5 bill showing up when she buys – because, like, um, Sarah gives up when she couldn't find him. She's like – right? And then she's going to go mm-hmm. back to, to England and then yeah. she buys a headset. And then on one of the $5 bills, it was his number and his name. And then, I don't know, she's, like, fighting people. To, and the lady's like, hey, you can't take that. Like, 
It's really cute. <laughs> I don't and know. And then she has to, like, get off the plane. Yeah. And go find him. I'm like, yes. I love it. I love in movies when people just, like, run to find people. I don't know what it is. I do, too. I think we need more of that in our lives. There's not enough urgency or, like... Running. Maybe that's this like to just go for a full circle. Yeah, like maybe that's what cinema needs right now. It's more running. <laughs> well, dramatic music plays. Yeah, more running to find people, kiss them. Yeah, you know exactly. Just with consent this time, but yeah, like we need that. We need the the passion, right? The yes. whimsy, like even if it's cinematic candy floss. Like, yeah. We need more serendipity core. Agreed. Which is a thing I'm creating. Yeah. Can I can I uh make my case for like you know cottage core? Mm-hmm. You know like what is it? Dark academia? Yes. Okay. I sometimes live in a fantasy. My fantasy. And I'm titling it serendipity core. Okay. So, like, tell me if this paints a picture, if this could, like, rival your fave cottagecore. Okay. Or what have you. Okay, so picture this. So, like, listening to adult contemporary music, being in New York in the early 2000s, lots of leather jackets and looking at the sky, uh, drinking coffee, wearing tiny scarves, um... Basically looking like you're in one of those Normcore Gap ads. Yeah? Are turtlenecks involved? <laughs> turtlenecks are definitely involved and men are wearing them and they are oh. black. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, just lots of baby blues and like silvers and coffee shops and meat cutes mm-hmm. and, you know, like – the ideals and attitude of Carrie Bradshaw, but you look like Vivian from Legally Blonde. Okay. Uh, lots of Burberry. Ooh. Headbands and scarves. Prada. Or Prado if you can't afford it. Uh, your apartment, though, looks like an antique shop. Yes. I don't know why, but all those girlies' apartments, their outside world is very cool tones and you come inside and it's very warm tones. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Clutter. But yes. Um, Christmas trees. Ice skating. Cashmere gloves. Philosophy books. The year 2001. (laughs) Listening to Nick Drake. iPods. Ooh. The original. The original, yeah. Anyways, that's my, my, my fantasy. It's my serendipity core. Okay. No, I like it. I, I would partake. Yeah, I mean, it's a close, you know, it's like kind of like if cottagecore, if you still want to be like in society, you know, you kind of want to be in your own world in a way, but you're not so far removed from society, but you're definitely still in like a bubble of sorts because it's like kind of a magic bubble because everything is right and the fashion's on fleek and it's cozy. Everything's very cozy. But not too cozy. It's a little cold too, isn't it? It's cold. Yeah. chilly. Yeah. You're like Parker Posey and you've got mail. You're not Meg Ryan. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Your main character energy. Okay. I can only relate to Meg Ryan. <laughs> uh, but, okay. So serendipity cores me. I see what you're saying, though, because she's like the main character. 
right? In this, I mean, Sarah is. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah. She goes for things. I mean, even though fate's kind of behind a lot of things, she still, like, makes decisions, right? Like, she's quirky enough to be, like, believing in fate, mm-hmm. but she's also practical and ambitious enough to go for what she wants. Yeah. She doesn't just think about fate. She's, like, doing things. Yeah. You know? That means something, right? It does. Yeah, that's my my whole, my new aesthetic. I love it. I'm here for it. You had me at, like, well, you had me at Men and Turtlenecks, but you had me before that, too. I just, I don't know. You like Men and Turtlenecks? Yeah, that was the final, that was, like, the final, like, the, you know. I feel like for me, in Serendipity Core, it's that one photo of Hugh Dancy in the early 2000s wearing a black turtleneck. Mm. That's it. Yeah, no, black turtleneck's the way to go. Speaking of fits. Mm Mm-hmm. Can we discuss fashion for for a hot second? Hell yes. So, like, I try to look up this fashion so much. Oh, yeah. Also, a part of Serendipity Core that I've totally made up, brunettes. Okay. There's no blondes in Serendipity Core. It's not a thing. Gotcha. But there were a lot of brunettes in this movie. No, there are. I think almost everyone is, right? Everyone's a brunette. Everyone. <laughs> Um, but like I, I tried to look up anything about fashion related to this, like serendipity, and I couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kate Beckinsale's like her outfits in this film are so good, so serendipity core. Yeah, tell me about your favorites. Tell me about what you thought about the fashion. Um, sorry, I don't mean to like tell you what to do. <laughs> no, no. What are your thoughts on the fashion? I should say. I I feel like. I loved her outfit, like, when she was ice skating, um, because she had, like, this skirt, like, this really, like, short kind of 90s-looking skirt and, like, tights and, like, a cozy sweater. trying to think what else, Um, because I'm with you. I mean, I feel like every single look she had, I was like, oh, wow, except maybe the last one when she meets him on the ice. I'm like, yeah, whatever. She's just wearing, like, a baby blue button-down, which still is some serendipity core, but it's, like, a little flattering. All, but it's a vibe, honestly. Like, don't think she's – I think she's going braless. Yeah. That's a mood. I love how she wears scarves. Like, I don't know. Are scarves part of serendipity core? Yes. Okay. Because I feel like we don't wear scarves as much anymore as a society. We should. Even tiny scarves. I think if it's not cold outside, still wear a scarf. Just make it tiny? Just make it tiny. If it's cold, wear, wear your John Cusack scarf. Which was totally chic. I really enjoyed John Cusack's scarf Mm, in this movie. True. They both had scarves. Like, right? I feel like yes, but I just, I peeped John Cusack's and I was like, that's a good scarf. Hmm. Trying to remember what else she wore. I mean, I liked her sweater. Like, it's, but um, what? My favorite was, well, I love when she wears leather jackets, but I also, when her... Um, when she's getting engaged, when you're like reintroduced to Kate Beckinsale's Sarah. Oh, yeah. I love her. She's wearing a beret and a trench. Oh, yeah. Her beret. Isn't it like purple? It's a purple beret and a trench that looks looks like the Burberry trench that's famous, mm, but it's found on him in that Burberry else. trench. Okay, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> but yeah. That's what Nicki was talking about. 
just talking about serendipity. Nicki Minaj. And what what is that song? Chun-Li. Chun-Li. She was talking about serendipity core. Yeah. (laughs) She was. I believe it. 100%. I'm like, what else? I swear I took notes on on her outfits. I mean, fingerless gloves, variegated sweater, scarves. Well, did you have a favorite look or anything? Or I feel like the fashion at like in serendipity core fashion, it's very understated. It's very cute. Yeah, like there's a lot of sweaters, a lot of leather jackets. Um, are cashmere gloves a good Christmas gift? I don't know. I think so. Maybe. I mean, if you like gloves and your hands are cold and you need gloves, maybe. I don't know how much they cost. I don't know if it's like one of those things. It's like, eh. depends on who it's for. Is it a status? Like, is it just like a nice, like, little luxury thing to be like, I got you cashmere gloves? Yeah, I think so. Which means you mean more to me than this, but it's impersonal enough that, like, we don't know each other that well. So you don't mean that much to me. It's like a flex, though. It's like, well, I can afford this. Mm-hmm. Though. It is a bit of a flex. Yeah. Unless someone specifically is like, oh, I wish I had a pair of cashmere gloves, you know? Then I feel like, yeah, you're kind of flexing. Is I don't it know. a dated thing to want cashmere gloves? I think I don't think people nowadays are really looking for cashmere gloves. I was going to say that. I think that's like an older generational thing, probably. But I don't know. I mean, they're nice. But I don't know. I say go with the fingerless gloves, though. They're more practical. You can use your iPhone. <laughs> You get that look, you get the little pocket, the little upside down hat on your hand. I don't know, that's what I like. <laughs> and then turn them into mittens afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, for Christmas, this will probably come out after Christmas, but we're recording it before Christmas. So for Christmas, don't be surprised if I gift you some fingerless gloves then. Okay, for sure. Yeah, I don't need you to prove anything with cashmere gloves. <laughs> Can you imagine? We'll live our serendipity core fantasies, but you'll just be John Cusack, and I'll wear my leather jackets. There we go. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I know. I'm like, what else? Um. Oh, I love like at the end how they come back at the the scene of the crime, like back around to the to Eugene Levy's counter, you know, where they first met. Like they're they'll meet cute. Well, because Eugene Levy is the star. Mm-hmm. you got to come back to Eugene. Yeah. And then they try to buy some gloves from him. And he's like, nah, not today. We're closed or something. I don't know. It was just funny. It's a cute movie. Yeah. So cute. Want to sign us off? Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Rate and review us on iTunes. If you'd like to write in the show, email us at thelatetothepartypod at gmail.com. And yeah, thank you again for listening. Bye. Bye. Don't talk to me.